Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We tackle anything related to airlines and sometimes beyond. After last week's <clears throat> spirited discussion about non-reclining seats, uh, we decided to go deeper this week. Oh yeah, let's do this. Easy, Dave. I know, you're chomping <laughs> at the bit. But but yes, let's talk about the seat of the future. Do you have any fun, like, futuristic sound effects you can do here? Like, like a, maybe a Conan-style echo, like, in the year 2000? No, you know exactly what the budget for this show is. I mean, echo? <laughs> echo? That's, that's Fine. All right. But before we get into where Dave puts his butt, let's thank <sighs> this week's sponsor, Idemia. You may not know Idemia, but they are an authorized enrollment provider for TSA PreCheck. And we'll talk more about that later. All right, Dave. I, uh, I know airline seats are a strange passion of yours. At least that's, that's what I'm gleaning from your rant against the recline last week. Uh, yes. So, uh, as you know, I'm a tall person. Um, <laughs> yes. So this is, uh, I am an outlier on the, uh, uh, economic widgets that the airlines consider when making, uh, when making their seat plans. Uh, so this is something that I care about very deeply. Yeah. And, and I am not tall at all. So I don't care, but you know, Still, really interesting thing, because you do see a lot of movement in the area of seat design over the years, so it's pretty interesting. Yes, uh, a lot of movement straight into hell. <laughs> That's not fair. I'm, I, I mean, in coach, sure, yes. But on the other hand, uh, you love the no recline feature. That's new. And, you know, of course, this completely ignores what's happening up at the pointy end of the plane, where seats have done nothing but get more luxurious over time. Uh, right. The pointy end of the plane. Don't care about them. Uh, but wow. let's also remember that the whole reason I hate reclining is because legroom has shrunk. So, uh, it's a lot worse than it was before. I'm not sure how much I agree. I, I mean, l let's take a little walk through history here. Wake me up when you're done. Oh, come on. Let's think back to when you were a kid. You know why those seats have more legroom? Because <laughs> you were short. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, but uh, I think we should talk a little bit about uh, how much we're hearing about seat pitch shrinking. Oh, see, this this is where I start getting on a ramp because seat pitch sucks. It is a crappy measure of legroom. Tell the audience why. Seat pitch is the distance from one point on a seat to the same point on the seat behind it, right? So... You know, long ago, airlines had those really thick seats with the padding and safety reasons. It's just, you know, over time, new design, new materials, they've been able to shrink the thickness of the seat a lot. So when that happens, the seat pitch may shrink, but legroom can actually grow. There's just less seat in there and more legroom. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but when you take away all that cushy padding, the seat gets very uncomfortable. Okay, well, I didn't say anything about that, but <laughs> yeah, it, yes, I mean, some of these seats, no question, uh, they have not done a great job on that. Um, some are on purpose, like, you know, Hawaiian on their 717s that fly between the islands, they do not have much padding. Then again, the longest flight is like 30 minutes, so... You know, they did that on purpose. Um, and someone like Southwest on, on their old 
700s when they went to a slimline seat, as they call it, they they, they have their evolve seats. They kind of half-assed it. <laughs> and so it was pretty uncomfortable. But you can make it good. Just because they don't, it just means they're being cheap and, and not doing it right. But, um, you know, they can make it better. Uh, and, and it's actually pretty amazing because, like, all the safety requirements, they've only gotten tighter and crazier. So these seats have to withstand much more than they used to be required to handle. Um, but yet they keep getting smaller. Like, it's actually a pretty impressive engineering feat. Uh-huh. So just because airlines can add padding, uh, it doesn't mean that they do. I did not hate my spirit trip, but it wasn't the most padded seat I've ever sat on. Well, that's fair. I agree with that. But part of this is just, it's economics, right? Yep. When it comes to coach, people want something cheap, especially on Spirit. And one way to make the fare cheap is to cram as many seats as you can on board uh, within reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for longer flights, there is more of a need for comfort, but there's also the safety rule. What's the safety rule? Well, the, I mean, it's not the safety rule, but there has to be <laughs> a, an ability to evacuate the entire airplane in a certain amount of time. So if there are too many seats and not enough exits, then they won't be able to meet that requirement. Um, aircraft manufacturers actually have addressed this in some airplanes that they couldn't meet it. So Airbus uh, built some A319s. They put two overwing exits on each side instead of one uh, so that they had more exits. They could get people off quickly. Uh, and there's the new 737 MAX 200, uh, which is meant to hold about 200 people. Uh, they had to add exits for that one as well so they could squeeze more seats in and get people off. Uh, how many more seats? Well, let's put it this way. So the Southwest 737 MAX 8 holds 175 people, all coach configuration. Uh, that same airplane uh, with the MAX 200 layout at Ryanair holds 197. So... It's a lot more, but it just brings down costs. That sounds pretty miserable. Yeah, but Ryanair doesn't fly very far. That's the thing, you know? I mean, and if it allows Ryanair to make the fare cheaper, like, that's their whole goal is to make it as cheap of a fare as possible. Right. That's how they run their business. So people who care about money, it's it's fine. Yes. So low-cost carriers like Ryanair uh, pack it in and they make fares cheaper and people know that. Yeah, and if you don't like it, you can fly another airline that's more, or you can pay for extra legroom, or you can charter your private jet. Uh, right, you know. but most people don't do that. No, they don't, but a lot of people do, for international long-haul stuff, they do business class, right? Like b Business class is fascinating, because it's gone in the complete opposite direction of coach. Uh, when business class first came out, it was basically like extra legroom coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, maybe better food, whatever. But, and then first class at the time was super fancy with food and all that, but it was still just like a big stuffed chair that reclined. Like now, if you find first class, it doesn't exist often, but if you do, it has a full suite with a door. And in some cases, even business class has that now, but like the entry level business class is a fully flat bed, <laughs> which is totally different. Uh, and the divide between that and, and coach got so big that they now created premium economy class, which is just like business class used to be when it started. Uh, so, you know, they just keep moving it. And by the way, if you adjust for inflation, premium economy today is probably cheaper than coach was back in the uh -huh, day. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, yeah, the last time I flew business class, it was just like you described, which was uh, the 90s. So, 
Yeah, that's been a while <laughs> back when you had flight benefits. Yeah. There. All right, we have to take a break now, but when we uh, come back, let's play a game. So, Dave, can you please explain to me why you love taking your shoes off at the airport? What? Well, you don't have TSA pre-check, right? So you must love waiting in slow lines, taking your shoes off, pulling your laptop and your travel size liquids out of a bag. I get it. I get it. Uh, no, I don't. But uh, I also don't fly enough to bother paying to get TSA pre-check. Dude, it's 85 bucks. Good for five years. It's It's not worth $17 a year? Come on. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it's also a pain to get it. I remember when you had to go to the airport and try to get an interview or something. Well, that was for global entry, and that was also a long time ago. And TSA pre-check on its own is a lot easier. Uh, you still do have to do in-person enrollment, but it takes less than five minutes, and you don't have to go to an airport. There are more than 450 enrollment centers, including one right downtown on Ocean near you, and another one up by the Lakewood Golf Course. They're all over the place. Uh, okay, do they even have pre uh, TSA pre-check screening lines at most airports? If I'm flying out of Long Beach? Yes, they do. God, this... Long Beach has it along with more than 200 other airports around the country, and it's now even outside the U.S. with Nassau in the Bahamas. Oh, so if I get it, we can do our next company meeting in the Bahamas? No. But why go in the normal lanes when you can get a premium stress-free experience? Go to universalenroll.dhs.gov to get started. All right, Dave, what is this game? <laughs> okay, so my question is, uh, where do seat designs go next? Um, there are a lot of designs out there. Some of them are, you know, uh, realistic. Some of them are pretty wild. Uh, so I want to see what you think about uh, some of these designs that uh, have been proposed. All right, and for those at home, Dave is sharing his screen with me right now and is going to show me these, and I assume we will also put these in the uh, show notes somewhere so people can see if they want but i do not know what he's going to show me so um let's do it dave yeah okay so the first one i'm going to show you is one that i am sure that you are familiar with this is oh. the double decker that is Sounds special, isn't it? <laughs> so for people at home, this is, uh, you know, you have a row of seats, and then slightly above that row of seats, you have another row of seats. So it's uh, it's the double-decker design. I believe uh, a couple different companies have patents for different uh, double-decker designs. But this seems to me like the most realistic option sometime in the future. I don't know. So, yes, I mean, the idea here is kind of like business class where, you know, the, the way they do it is like your the feet of the person behind you go under the trade table on the side so that they yeah. can use less room. So this in, instead of uh, <laughs> instead of having the rows all together, you have people sitting like normal. And then you have another one that goes high so that your legs go under them. So this actually probably gives you more leg room, but you also have to eat someone's ass. <laughs> it's, their ass is in your face, Dave. So, 
So aside from the ass face uh, <laughs> implications here, I actually like this design. Um, yeah, do? it's very unfortunate if somebody farts in your general <laughs> vicinity, but especially if you're on one of the bottom rows. But this increases legroom. Uh, it does. And it looks like it also probably increases capacity, so it's a win-win. The airlines get what they want. They get to squeeze more people into a metal tube uh, as they possibly can, <laughs> thus squeezing more dollars out of us. Um, and uh, I get to stretch out a little bit more. Win-win win no well okay where is your overhead bin here there's no overhead bin so uh well you know uh travel light people that's <laughs> what not i even, say if you're in the upper deck here there's not even a place to put anything like there's no as well, maybe a fr- under your seat you can put something there as know. a frequent backpacker i say travel light people you'd be surprised what you could fit into a backpack um, yeah, okay. i don't know where your backpack goes all uh, right so also then... the weird like electric chair head holding <laughs> things are kind of odd here <laughs> it's a weird design but i think this is something that we'll probably see if they could do like the vulcan neck pinch and just knock you out there like maybe that's what these head things are that would be pretty sweet uh yeah so this next one i'm gonna show you is called the cloud concept so cloud concept yeah so this is this where they just launch you in a catapult into the clouds wouldn't that be special um (laughs) this is literally you're in an overhead bin yes (laughs) so uh that's the best way to describe this uh imagine that you're sitting on an airplane and the space where the overhead bin is um just imagine that that was a compartment large enough to fit an average sized human that's what we're looking at here um so this is i don't understand this though i don't (laughs) see like the the spatial proportional it doesn't (laughs) like the overhead bins are not that big so does this like push down and you have no cargo beneath you like right so what this what this imagines is that you'd have a row of economy seats below you um and then you would have the option as an upgrade to uh purchase one of these cloud seats which is basically just a bed where an over overhead storage bin would be um now that seems pretty comfortable to me um but you're right this completely obliterates whatever um storage space people might have for their bags um and it also doesn't answer the question of okay so somebody paid for a regular seat and then they climbed these stairs to go up into the cloud uh what happens to that seat is it just empty for the whole flight yeah i mean there's one there's a guy just sitting here so clearly this is your seat for the whole flight i don't think this is (laughs) but also i would never do this there's no window man i'm out (laughs) Oh uh, yeah, you're a window guy. Um, I am a window guy, but this looks ridiculous. I don't even understand how. I really don't understand how this works. I mean, the idea is fine if you can just magically make airplanes have more room. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that one's a little bit weird. Um, I don't think that this is practical at all. Um, would I sit in one of these cloud bed things? Sure. Uh, I doubt that they would make one that would fit me, um, but you know, whatever. Oh, I would not want to be under you when you're shifting around up there, Captain yeah, Tall Man. Yeah, there'd be uh, there'd be some rumbling for sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, this next design I'm going to show you is what I like to think of as the "We Work in the Sky" 
Oh, no. uh, <laughs> Free beer and loud music to make you want to kill yourself. Uh, yeah, Brett famously does not like uh, the uh, co-working space concept. But... I'm fine with the co-working space concept, but I don't know why they have to pump in really loud music. Like I'm Brett... trying to do stuff. Brett demands museum-like silence in yes. his workspace. <laughs> Everyone, shut up! All right, moving on. Okay, so oh, this is the. What the... <laughs> okay. So this... So this is the coffee house design. Um, so this, uh, imagine that you, um, you know, there's it's a normal cabin, um, but instead of three seats uh, in a row, you have two seats, um, and in the uh, aisle, um, you have basically what is a large uh, bench table, um, and seats around it. So, um, this is the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> okay it's not no this this is a wide body that they're showing here first of yeah. all and it basically shows that you have the normal three seats on each side it looks like but then in the middle you have one chair on each side of this thing facing each other. it looks like a southwest gate area or something where you could plug in yeah uh but this does not add density no this this re- <laughs> who wants this also, uh, <laughs> this would never pass safety regulations because you're sideways. Like, I don't even. You would have to like have harnesses, and even that, I don't know if it would work. Do do you do you have to be facing forward to pass safety regulations? No, I mean they have sideways, like like angled, like some of the herringbone seats in business class. But when mm-hmm. they do that, often uh, they they have to have a harness. Um, so there are different rules about it, and there are bigger issues in like exit row and stuff. Um, but this is like straight up sideways and it's just a regular it looks like an office chair it is it does look like an office chair yeah but it doesn't increase density no one's gonna pay no one's gonna pay for this this is is crazy uh well if you're a business traveler and you want more space to work on your laptop um then you know having a big table might be something that's useful to you (laughs) okay I mean, really, the way to do that instead of having this whole stupid thing is, like, you can put a conference room at the back if you want to do that and people can buy up for it. But you're not going to have the kind of demand to fill this whole thing the whole way through the airplane. This is crazy. Uh, Okay, so this next one I'm going to show you is a little bit more practical. I know several companies have tried to do this in the past. Um, This is the swivel. The swivel? Yeah, so this would would allow uh, people traveling together... Um, you know, if you're traveling at a party of four or five, you know, whatever, um, you can configure your seats to kind of swivel around and all face each other. I think this is really dumb. Is this um, a coach seat? Right. So it's the way that like this is, seat. the way that some of these are being pitched is that this is an economy seat. But clearly this is a business seat. Yeah, I don't least. see how that works. Yeah. Uh, so you can, you can uh, pre-program your seat to kind of swivel into a configuration and be hanging out with your buddies. Um, uh, I hate this. I don't think that this solves any problem at all. In fact, I think that this... uh, (laughs) uh, Nobody's ever going to go for this because it definitely reduces density. um, And you would have to charge a ridiculous amount of money to get anybody to to fly on one of these. Yeah, they 
they used to do the swivel seat way back in the day. It was like TWAL 1011s or something. That you oh, could swivel Brett's... around. But, but yeah, this is nuts, man. Like, <laughs> this, you need legroom both forward and backward. I don't understand what, what the value... What's the pitch on this? Like, how are they... I, yeah. I mean, there are plenty of configurations that you can see in other... Like, uh, Cutter with their... They're Q-suites, like some forward, some back. You can sit next to someone. You know, there are ways to do that, but it doesn't swivel. So you can make a better use of space. Like the swivel just seems like it requires a yeah waste of more space. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if rich people want to pay for whatever seat they want to pay for, that's fine. I'm not super interested in what goes on in the front of the airplane. Uh, <laughs> all right. So to be fair, they're not super interested in what's happening with you. So. Exactly, it goes both ways. So, this uh, speaking of economy, this next one that I'm going to show you, this is the the true economy uh, fever dream of the uh, the low cost carriers. Okay, last this seating. Is the, this, oh, this, <laughs> this is the bicycle the, seat. This is the bicycle seat. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I believe Airbus has uh, a patent for this. Um. I know that a couple of the uh, budget airlines um, like an idea like this. Uh, you just have to get around some safety regulations. But this is essentially a bicycle seat with a small back pad um, that is attached to a pole, uh, <laughs> a, a horizontal pole, um, and that pole is attached to the to the bottom of the uh, to the floor of the airplane. Yeah. I um, first of all, I think you should love this because you can't complain about padding if there's nothing to pad. There's no padding here. <laughs> but I actually do love this stuff. I love all the standing room things because <laughs> you're listen again. Some of these airlines, it's about how do we get it to be as cheap as possible, right? Right. And so if I'm Ryanair, most of my flights are one to two hours at most. I mean, how many people stand up on a city bus every day and commute to work for that amount of time? Mm -hmm. Plenty of people, right? So like. That's fine. Um, you know, I, no one's going to want to do this on a longer flight. You don't want to do this as the only thing you have on board. But if you can make this work, and the big issue is the safety concern because you yeah. have to be protected in an accident with, you know, the ability to withstand whatever G's and all the different rules that are out there. But if you can do that, then, yeah, like, wh why would you not have that option for people who are willing to do that to save money? That's the whole thing. It's no one's forcing you to do this, or if they are, then they're screwed. <laughs> That's not going to work for them. <laughs> but if you give someone that option, if it can help people to get home more frequently because they can afford it, great. You should sure. do it. Sure, for you know a half hour flight, forty five minute flight, uh, I can see this as an option. You know, something like uh, L A to Vegas. Uh, you know um la san francisco well, flights if like it's that LA to vegas they're gonna need to make it a vertical pole not a horizontal pole <laughs> well uh, don't don't spoil what's coming next oh boy uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yes <laughs> jeez um yeah i you know i don't love how uncomfortable uh economy seating has gotten um in my lifetime um i don't love the uh the shrinking seat uh as a tall person it doesn't I, love you either, no it so. doesn't i'm an outlier i i realize that um 
But I agree with you that this is not a terrible option for short flights for people who just, you know, want to get home uh, or you yeah. want to go to or need to go to get to a place quickly. Um, this is a this could be a good option if they can figure out the safety stuff. But, you know, the stuff that I'm wondering about is how do they design a seatbelt that, you know, is effective here? Because I don't see. I don't see how you can effectively strap somebody in for, and I'll put the images in the show notes, but it'd be very difficult to strap somebody in securely to something like this. They must have figured out something or they wouldn't have even bothered. But yeah, I mean, they know the rules, right? So that's for them to figure out. But honestly, even for longer flights, not over the ocean, but man, I I mean, I used to take the bus to work, right? Mm -hmm. Here, Here in LA, which, you know, not a not a common thing. No. My ride was about twenty minutes, but there are people that started way east of downtown LA that were coming to the west side of LA. Yep. They would stand on that bus for a very long time. These are people that they're going to their jobs. They don't have a huge amount of money. A lot of people are are immigrants too, so even the money that they're saving, they're sending back home. If something like this could let them get back home, even like in L.A. to like Monterrey or Guadalajara or something like that, like longer flights. But, man, people will put up with stuff if it means that they can be with their family. There is a line, however, um, uh, somewhere here of, you know, treating people with some kind of dignity. Okay, so uh, last one that I'm going to show you here. This is very similar to the bike seat, and I think it resolves a lot of the problems that we were talking about as far as safety. Um, And I think this is actually a better design and a more realistic design. So this is the bike seat, but in roller coaster form. Um, (laughs) Oh, there is a stripper pole here. Yes. So so this is, uh, you take the bike seat, um, instead of a horizontal pole, it's a vertical pole. Um, it has a seat back that would extend basically the entire length of your back, um, which would allow you to have some kind of harness, uh, which is the safety concern that I was having a hard time picturing how you'd get around with just the bike seat. Um, this increases comfort a little bit because you have something that you could potentially lean back against, but it's still basically a standing seat. Yeah. I, and it's already in Ryanair yellow. Look at that. Uh, yeah yeah this is ryanair ryan the the people who run ryanair have been pretty vocal about getting some kind of standing well, they say it but we'll see if anything ever comes to fruition here uh yeah, yeah. look this one totally fine again um i i don't i'd be curious to know like a roller coaster harness i mean what's a roller coaster 30 seconds a minute <laughs> like <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be curious to know if that would actually be even more annoying than any of the other stuff because it restricts you and i know like some yeah. of the work that the manufacturers have found is that the the big differences in how people react are at eye level shoulder level that's kind of the area that really makes a big difference for people so having that kind of mm-hmm. harness that goes around your head i, I don't know that um that might be worse than something that doesn't have that. Uh, right. But, you know, maybe there's a better way to design it. I don't know. But it's the same idea for me. I, I don't care how they do it. The, the point is, like, if you can do this to bring the bring it down, then great. 
So Brent is on board with a standing room seat. Uh, he wants to cram as many people into airplanes as no, possible. No, I want to have it as an option. <laughs> if someone puts this on an entire airplane, bad idea. But if someone puts this as an entry level and you can buy up to different levels of seats, then great. So you're saying like three rows of the airplane, four or five rows oh, of the airplane, the something right, like that. I don't know what the right number is, but, you know, definitely something like it's just like today, how there's regular seating and then there's uh, extra leg room, right? Like you want to give people right. things they can buy up to. I don't know what the demand would be for this compared to something else. It would definitely have to depend upon the upsell amount and all that. Uh, but yeah, have this as an option on the plane. You increase density. You can help get more people on, stimulate more with lower prices, uh, get more people on the plane, get people who can't fly today or might have to take a bus or whatever it may be. Great. Love it. But if you just did this, that's a terrible idea. But man, if they put this out there, give me an hour flight. I'll gladly go on that flight. I'd love to try it. I'd test it out for sure. Yeah. The stripper pole or the seats? <laughs> okay, and uh, we have reached the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. And thank you to Idemia, which will help you get your TSA pre-check. Go to universalenroll.dhs.gov to get started. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Cranky Talk, let us know. Email us at advertiseatcrankyflyer.com. Uh, and please remember to leave us a five-star rating. This helps other people find our podcast. And if you made it this far, Brett, do you want to tell the people what we're covering next? Because I think this is ridiculous. Oh, it is ridiculous. <laughs> but that's what I do, bro. <laughs> I, I, sir will be taking part in the Great Oakland, California Corridor Challenge. What's that? You don't know? <laughs> I know, but people don't. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, the Oakland International Airport really wants to showcase how easy it is to get between Oakland and Southern California. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, since the pandemic, Southwest has added a lot of frequency back, but there's also uh, Deltas in the market, JSX, Spirit, and they really want to show this off. So I will be joining Henry Hardevelt to fly for 72 hours from Oakland to all six of the, the main Southern California airports with high frequency. That's San Diego, Orange County, Long Beach, LAX, Ontario, and Burbank. Uh, and we're going to fly it multiple times. We're going to do a lot of flights. And I will be tweeting about this the entire time. You know, life is, life is finite. Uh, and every second is precious. It's a gift. It's not guaranteed. Uh, and I think it's really interesting that you're choosing to, to do this with your time. But, Listen, you know, whatever. That's you, not me. It's <laughs> better than having to work with you every day, right? I get to sit on an airplane. <laughs> hey, listen. Henry and I have known each other for years. Like, back at 20, 20 plus years, right? So, we get to go geek out. It's hanging with friends, you know? You chose to go to, to Louisville and get drunk over there i will get drunk on wild turkey and hang out with henry 
and probably have a good dinner somewhere if we can find enough of a break in the schedule to eat. Uh, and yeah, it's it's look, it's fun. It's just like it's hanging with friends. I'm just gonna be doing that on a lot of airplanes. I'm happy that you have things that make you happy. Uh, I so don't think that's true. That is what we will be talking about on the next episode of Cranky Talk. Brett's ridiculous journey. Um, you know, he'll be he'll be tweeting it out, so follow him there. Um, so we'll be we'll be talking about that. Yeah, and I do want to point out this because of the timing of this. This is actually preempting what we were gonna do, which is to respond to a suggestion for a future show from one of our listeners. We told. Yes you we love when you do this we want you to tell us more we have this coming so keep keep your ideas coming we're working on stuff and you will hear one of these soon enough yeah special shout out to ezra thank you so much for your suggestions they were great keep them coming people yes info at crankyconcierge.com and uh with that let's wrap this up and uh you know next week to the skies yay